Welcome to Cathartic Yelling in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Tom Snapley, and it is good to be back. And I'm Corey Skloff, and I'm not sure how good it is to be back. Um, also, Tom, I thought it was the year of the rat, not the year of the Lord. Uh, you're going to need to consult with our calendar guy. Oh, okay. Um, we'll get right on that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Aaron Hernandez, and I would love to have a follow-up to that sponsor, but uh, I will not. Awesome. So, uh, speaking of things we're not following up on, any New Year's resolutions? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, it just, those, I don't know. I This is going to sound terrible, but I hate when people say that they set goals for each other, and I feel like New Year's resolution is just another reason to set a goal that you're just going to fail for. You say okay. set goals for each other? Yeah, like I hate when are two months because I set a goal. I don't know. It, it bothers me a little bit. Uh, Okay, I thought you're like I thought like I should be like, "Hey Tom, your new year's resolution is to be less of a jackass." <laughs> uh, that would not be going well. But yeah, if someone were to set a goal for me, I would be mad at that. But yeah, the whole setting goals concept, I don't like. Yeah, no. I think the world is worse when people have goals. I think we should all have just no ambitions and just wade through life aimlessly. I think that's the way to live. I'm not t- <laughs> I'm not saying don't have any ambitions, but what I am saying is I just, I don't know. I, I guess when, because I guess let's say someone's trying to lose 10 pounds and they lose 10 pounds. I guess they, they'll say, oh, you know, I was trying to lose weight. I lost weight. I'm happy for them. But there's just something about when someone says I set a goal or I achieved my goal. I don't know. I don't like it. It hits my ear wrong. It, I think I don't if know. you're going to have an issue with it, you should have an issue that it's, they're going to be like, oh, look, it's January 1st. Now I'm going to start accomplishing something. Start accomplishing that shit as soon as you think that that might be a thing you want to accomplish. Don't wait for January 1st. Um, But I think, I don't know why you're getting so frustrated that people are setting out to accomplish things. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. And and I don't even know what they're really trying to accomplish. But just the term setting a goal and I'm doing this because (laughs) I set a goal for myself. Like, no, do it because it's a good thing to do. Not because you set the goal. If setting the goal is the benchmark, I don't, like, I, I guess you should achieve it, but that's not, I don't know. I don't really know if I'm making a lot of sense here, but the just term setting a goal bothers me. Okay, that might be something to talk to your shrink about later. Um, <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, what were you going to say? Who the fuck knows? I okay. I don't come into this with a plan. <laughs> okay, so speaking of things that bother me, so I, I opened up my oh, laptop there's more? screen. I uh, thought I thought you just one thing bothered you. I didn't realize that there were a number of things that got on your nerves. But please continue. So, uh, we were talking about this at work uh, the other day, and I opened up my laptop screen and I saw, you know, a lot of it has fingerprints on it, and it really gets to me when people just touch the screen, whether it's the screen on my work computer or my laptop. And think about, it, I work at more or less a different computer every day, but. I don't understand why people have the need to touch the screen. Even if they're just showing you something, oh, it's over here, it's over there. Why do you got to touch the screen? I mean, I don't disagree with you. Especially when it's not a touch screen. I, like, I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm going to put her on blast, but my older sister did that. I remember, so I've had the same laptop since college, so what's that, uh, five years? So... I remember when I first got it, she was showing me how to do something, and then she goes, oh, right here. 
fingerprint on the screen. They never go away. You get the microfiber cloth, doesn't go away. And especially now with how many things are touchscreen, if it's not a touchscreen, why are you touching the screen? See, my laptop is a touchscreen, and the amount of times that, like, I've been showing my mom something on my computer, and she'll be like, oh, what about that? And she'll poke the screen, and, like, something will happen. And I'm like, really? Let's, let's, let's <laughs> curb ourselves. <laughs> I just don't understand the need. You know, like, I guess in infancy, babies gotta, you know, touch everything and kind of figure out what it is. But at this point, computers have been around for how long? Since the I 90s. Mean, and then they stopped in since the, two, the 90s. Y2K and we brought them back again, I believe. That's accurate. Yeah, historically. Mm-hmm. So computers have been around for basically all our lives. I understand our parents didn't grow up with them, but that generation, they've been around for a long time. What was, What's the fixation with touching the screen? If anything, I wouldn't want to touch the screen to not either... I don't think computers will shock you. That's kind of an irrational fear, but what, what is it? Why do you want to touch the screen? Uh, <laughs> I, I think even, even if you just think about it, you can do more bad than good than touching a screen, especially if it's a non-touch screen, which I understand the concept of a touch screen probably was foreign when computers first came out but yeah i don't know doesn't make any sense i haven't gotten a good answer either so um maybe ask your mom uh sure i will ask my mom and you ask your older sister and uh we'll we'll write a report for next week okay awesome all right so uh has a wait i do just want to say have you ever taken one of those microfiber cloths to like your cell phone screen oh yeah yeah i have there's nothing like more satisfying than looking at your phone screen and having it be like sparkling and spotless and then the fear of having to then touch it afterwards and ruin it all sucks but you know just looking at it and be like wow it's like i have a brand new phone that i've dropped a million times yeah that, that is a great feeling and it's so funny because you do that or at least i do that and i go why don't i do this more often and then i never do it more often I have, I'm literally sitting at my desk right now, I have a microfiber cloth directly underneath my cell phone as we speak. At work, I have a microfiber cloth on my my desk that I use to clean my laptop screen there as well, and that does work. I think uh, the new Mac laptops, or a MacBook as as, uh, Tim Apple calls them, uh, they clean pretty easily in my opinion. Awesome. So we were talking a little before about Twitter and... You know, Twitter. Twitter's a good place. I wouldn't say a great place. A lot going on in the in the news cycle. Whether you're um, a sports guy, you know, all that stuff going on in baseball with the cheating. Whether you're a news person, all the stuff going on in Iran and uh, democratic debates and everything going on. And the thing about Twitter is obviously it's an overreaction. You know, people read a headline and they read a bunch of replies and think they know everything when really they don't. Not the point. But what bothers me about Twitter is how you can see, not that you can see, but how it comes up what people like. If I want to know what you like, I'm probably just going to go on your page and look at it. I don't want to see that you liked this tweet because the whole point of liking it is just to like it. A retweet, you are retweeting it so all of your followers can see. A like, not necessarily. But they're just popping up and I had to unfollow some people because I just hated all the things they liked. It got me angry on my timeline. Yeah, I mean, I I said this to you before. I don't have this issue. Um, I very rarely see what other people <laughs> like. There might be an option on Twitter where you can 
and I'm not certain about this, obviously, but where you can like hit the little drop down and be like, stop showing me this. I don't want to see what anybody cares about, um, which I thought that was only for ads. I don't know. It might be for both. I, I tend to just mute people that I don't care about, um, but I also might be on Twitter so much that Twitter doesn't feel the need to show me recaps, which is bad, but also good. That is also pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. So I went on. I went on unfollowing spree a little while ago. So I guess if I still follow you, you made the cut. But yeah. So um, now I gotta go check my followers. Right no. Now. I, well, your tweets actually come up <laughs> if I don't go on Twitter for a little bit. It'll say it means no Corey tweeted, and it'll have like that purple star next to it. So I really couldn't avoid you even if I tried. What purple star? <laughs> you ever you go on your notifications and it's like um, yeah. Like, recent tweet from Jeff Schwartz. This was a poor decision. You know? And then it, you know, goes to his tweet. Uh, I very rarely, if ever, get... I think because I'm... Again, I think because I'm so much on Twitter and I'm so often tweeting. And uh, not to rub anything in, Tom, but I think my tweets get enough interactions that I don't go a long time without notifications. I have Bernie (laughs) Sanders started a broadcast. That is my last purple star. Um, Yeah. And that is from the 11th so not that long ago today is the 18th but uh i I don't get that frequently okay well your tweets always come up on that so uh, well uh twitter knows what's important obviously my tweets would not be my own notifications so okay so i'm I'm just gonna move on here we were talking about sports (laughs) great segue (laughs) we were talking about sports and yes this isn't a sports podcast what bothers me or I, i gotta stop saying that but during <laughs> I got to uh, stop being bothered by things. The so the playoffs are going on for football, uh basketball season's going on, but I could not care any less. All right, first of all, people need to learn that the term is not I could care less. If you could care less, you would care less, which means you actually are caring about this thing you say you're not caring about. Do you follow? Do I follow? Yes, this is a this yes. is a conversation okay. that I would normally be having with you, not the other way around. So yes, I do follow. Thank you, Tom. Uh, okay, well, I'm just making sure we're all on the same page here. It is I could not care any less. Not I could care less. Okay, but all these sports are going on again: hockey, basketball, football, lacrosse. Um, yes. You know whatever whatever you're into, and. I hate when I'm... So, I'll notice this the most in the NFL. Or, yeah, that's really the only football league that's going on right now. I guess college, too. But someone will be out, and the announcer will say, yeah, he's out with a knee. This person isn't playing today. He's out with a hamstring. Yeah, he's got a toe. What happened to the word injury? Yeah, I have a toe, too. I have 10 of them. I have two hamstrings. I have two knees. Like, yeah, he's out with a knee. I have 11 toes. Whoa. Look at that. The more I you just, know. I just don't get it. When did the word... It, and this isn't, it isn't... This isn't WWE. So, WWE, they have their own set of vernacular. Like, you don't call it a belt. You don't call them fans. You call it a championship. And you call the fans the WWE universe. But this is a show. It is scripted and everything like that. So, they have their own words what? they want to use. You didn't know that? No, that's... I Shit. So I yeah. does that mean I really can see John Cena? <laughs> well, I guess so. I wow. guess so. Um, but it just, 
I, I understand for something like that, you want your own vernacular because it's your show. And, you know, I just don't get in football how everyone, and this isn't, it's not a thing, no matter what network you're watching on, no matter who the broadcast team is, no matter what teams are playing, someone's out with a knee. Watch, watch. This episode's probably going to go up after championship weekends. But if it doesn't, or you're looking toward the championship game, I don't know if we're allowed to say that, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> listen, just listen, because I guarantee you one of the broadcasters will say, he's out with a knee, he's out with a hamstring. Now, I understand if you go, he's out with a concussion. You sure. don't have to say, yeah, a concussion injury doesn't, you know, or he's out with turf toe. That is the injury, but he's out with a knee. They would just say he's out with a toe. Yeah, he's out with a toe. And I understand you don't want to diagnose, you know, he's out with an Achilles. I understand you don't want to say... Uh, an Achilles tear, it's completely torn off the bone. You don't want to speculate, but he's out with an Achilles injury. He's not out with an Achilles. Yeah, no, you listen to that and you're like, if they say, oh, he's out with a knee, I'm like, damn, you know, this is a world-class athlete and he's out with a knee. I have two of them. <laughs> I would be fine. Look, you wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah, if he, this guy's only got one knee, you couldn't be much worse out there. Yeah. And not undermining your athletic ability, but um, next point. So how far back in time do you think you, you would need to go for you to be a, a good professional athlete? And then what sport? This is tough because if you go back to like the the 70s for like basketball, people always say that the argument for Michael Jordan not being better than LeBron. And again, I know you don't care about basketball, but I could not argument, care less. Yeah, Thank you very that. much, Tom. <laughs> um, the argument for that is always like, oh, Michael Jordan is playing against mailmen. And like, I guess that's kind of valid. Like, I don't I don't know how popular the NBA was back then because I, I didn't exist back then. Um, but Damn shame. like, yeah, I'm sure it was a different world and I don't think it was as popular as the NFL. And then you like even you go back to like the 70s and like I would imagine even the 60s, like, these were just guys. They didn't have world-class athletes. I mean, I guess they must have had world-class athletes, but, like, they weren't be- they weren't able to put their whole time in, and they didn't have all the training regimens and all the, the-, the sports science and all that that they have Yeah, I-, I guess kind of what you're getting at is they went more on natural ability than being able to train and just kind of hone in on everything, right? Yeah, so I would say, I mean – the NBA, I think I I would say that my lack of height and my lack of shooting ability. I'm a a pure defender, and you know I I I'm a dominant defender, but uh, I don't know if that would that would get me super far back then. Uh, but football, like I'm I'm tall enough to play football. Like you put me in the the 60s, 70s. I think I had enough raw athletic ability. My my raw talent was never the issue. It was the talent that I had to develop that is the reason I'm not a professional athlete. So, you know, you send me back, I guess it's 50 years at this point. Jesus, that it's the 70s. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you're talking about me with, you know, putting me in the conversation with Barry Sanders and Jim Thorpe and Jim Brown. And, you know, maybe I sack Archie Manning. Who knows? Okay. Uh, you were starting to get good. The fact that you started out this, you said if you'd take me back in the seventies and you put me with Barry Sanders, timeline's not lining up there. However, I have no I idea do. when old athletes have played. Like Barry I, Sanders played I, in the nineties. He didn't even retire <laughs> in like two thousand. Dude, I don't know all these people that I think of sure. as being like the legends because, and that's that's part of the thing. Like the NBA, 
like the people that dominated and that like you know about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, like it feels like all these dudes are way way back and obviously there's Shaq and Kobe and all that. But like it feels like they're a long long time ago. But the guys that you hear most of in the dominance of the NFL are like like I'm like oh Jerry Rice, that dude was a legend. He played forever ago and it's like no, like I was alive to watch him play. Yeah, do you, you retired in like a five or something like that? <laughs> yeah, but like you I don't, I don't know. Old. I know, I, I just don't, I don't know that. Like, I'm not. And again, I would like to say I could have avoided this whole Corey looking stupid thing. I wasn't saying that like I would be playing with Barry Sanders. I was saying that you'd, be, if I was playing back in the '70s, I could be so good at that time that you would be talking about me in the same vein you'd be like oh the legends of the nfl barry sanders Corey scloff jim brown lebron james that <laughs> one was a joke <laughs> so so you'd be like the i think it's the best receiver in college is the fred bolitnikoff award it would be the Corey scloff award uh no because I, w- I would not be a wide receiver if i uh, were what position if would I, you be? I would be either a tight end or like a safety. Okay, I could see you. I could see you ball hawking back there. I guess the, the thing that I always go to, and I think this is why I thought I was going to go even further back than, let's say, 1970, is because I, for whatever reason, I, I thought baseball, or thought, okay, if I was going to be a baseball player, how far back would I have to go? But even like, okay, if I was a pitcher, like Ted Williams is hitting in 1941, I'm not getting that guy out. And obviously, pitcher probably is in the best position. But let's just say I want to be a hitter. Bob Feller clocked in throwing 98 miles an hour when I think it was in the 50s. And they were measuring miles per hour when the ball got to the plate. And now they measure it out of your hand. So that was definitely more than 90. So guys were still throwing hard. So like I don't know. I think I'd have to legitimately go back to pre-integration baseball to, to consider myself to be <laughs> a very good baseball player in now, that let me time. Ask you, Tom. So that's pre-1947 for those of you out there. Yes, thank you, Jackie Robinson. Yes. Um, that, I know that probably sounded sarcastic, but it's not. Thank you, Jackie <laughs> Robinson. Um, you've made great contributions to our sport. Um now, if you, if you were playing in pre-segregated or pre-desegregated or segregated <laughs> baseball, uh, which league would you be playing in, Tom? Just want to be clear. Uh, I guess the National League. Okay, not the Negro League. I, well, I guess <laughs> just want to be absolutely transparent. Like, yeah, you, would you have a would you have a better chance of success in one league or the other? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Okay. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. So I, I think I honestly I think the best thing to say out of this is baseball is clearly not the sport I should be picking if I have to be going pre-integration. I think because at this point I might just be going all the way back to baseball and like the 1910s where pitchers were just lobbing it in there because all they were thought of was like, hey, throw the ball so the ball can get into play. And there was like as long as the ball bounced in fair territory once it was a fair ball. So I could just hit like a scorching ground ball that's foul today and get a double out of it. Yeah, okay. Baseball, definitely not the sport. Because, yeah. And it, it, again, I don't even know what league to pick. I guess I guess I wouldn't really qualify for the Negro Leagues, so I can't really <laughs> pick that. Um, all right, yeah. I don't know. 
I had some relatives that played in. There was a Jewish baseball league way back when, somewhere, somewhere in my uh, my family memorabilia. Yeah, you don't qualify for that one. Somewhere back in my like my family's. I want to say our safe, but a I don't know if we have a safe, and b I don't think it's that valuable that we would keep it in the safe. Um, <laughs> but we have like a baseball card from some uh, old relative of mine that's like so and so on the the Long Island pennies i don't know know the fucking team names were but it was like we have this this jewish baseball card oh my god yeah that's that that is great stuff i'm so happy you brought that up Mm -hmm. i wonder if you're uh i wonder if your relative made the pamphlet of jewish sports heroes that was featured so prominently in airplane the movie Oh, I'm sure we are. We're very prominent in uh, in Jewish legends, in Jewish baseball folklore. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess I guess I might have to go. Um, maybe maybe basketball. And then the thing is, like, do I have to go back to pre-integration basketball to be good? I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna give myself the benefit of the doubt and think I could go post-integration <laughs> NBA and may make a decent name for myself. Yeah. Maybe I could be like, yeah, I don't, I think if I would go football, I'd be a receiver. Maybe, maybe go on those like Cleveland Browns teams with like Otto Graham, just like slinging the ball back and forth. Um, but they're only like throwing the ball like 10 times a game. So yeah, then, then I probably could be a good receiver because I'm probably only going to get like one reception, but I'm only going to be thrown at twice. So there, I, I think I'd be good teammates with Bill Russell. I think I could help him win his 11 championships, which he won without me. But I think if I was on that team, he would have won them easily. I would be a great wide receiver in the NFL before the forward pass was uh, legalized. <laughs> Just saying. Like, you want to be like, hey, guy, go out and run some routes. And I'll be like, okay, you're going to throw the ball to me? And they're going to be like, am I going to what? <laughs> that's that's where I would thrive. I'll be like, what the fuck are you talking? What is this throw the ball? You're talking? That's not a thing. And then, like, in the decade – Late, like many many moons later they'd be like wow Corey Scloff that <laughs> guy fucking revolutionized the game because he suggested the dumbest thing ever and that's how I live my life in 2020 as well that's my new year's resolution revolutionizing the game of football no living life uh, by doing stupid things under the assumption that someday they'll pre- be appreciated wow hey it's all about it's all about long-term success uh, speaking exactly. of people that revolutionize things, uh, how about Lamar Jackson? How about him? Yeah, no, he uh, he just lit it up. Nobody expected it. Um, looks great for a wide receiver. Looks great for a running back, whatever you want to call him. Um, at first, I would argue that Lamar Jackson ended racism by having such a good season, and then he lost to the Titans, and then racism came back. Thanks, Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a what a whirlwind of emotions for racists out there. Yeah, like you're like, oh shit, racism is gone. What am I gonna do? And then Lamar Jackson loses to the Titans. You're like, oh thank God, I can continue <laughs> to be racist. Like really, just you know, ever, I, is there anyone who's not happy about that outcome? Probably yes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was crazy. It was oh, he's gonna change the game. Every you know. Anyone could play quarterback and just, like I mean, he's got a great arm, but he's just doing stuff with his legs, and then he loses, and, you know, the people that were just sitting there, they came right back out. They're not even trying to hide it. They were just, I mean, they, he, 
he did fumble a couple times, and that was just, and I think he threw a pick, and that was just a field day for the racists. Yeah, I mean, look, I think regardless of what you think of Lamar Jackson as a, a thrower, uh, if Lamar Jackson was my teammate in pre-forward pass football, he and I would be unstoppable together. Yeah, too bad we don't have a time machine or like a simulator to do this. You and Lamar Jackson in pre-forward pass football, which I also think is pre-integration football. Probably. People would have a hard time telling he and I apart. We're just, we play so similarly, um, the same level of athleticism and speed. Yeah, I, I wish I could argue. If I, had I not suffered a traumatic injury in my <laughs> baseball days and, uh, I had somehow turned that around into an NFL career, people would be like, wow, Lamar Jackson, you know who his pro comparison is? Corey. And I'd be like, yes, thank you. Please hand me a million dollars now. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, uh, so million dollars. If anyone listening has a million dollars, I'll uh, I'll send you my Venmo name. Awesome. Uh, one, one more thing before we wrap up here, Corey. Okay. So I was thinking of asking, you know, well, seen any good movies lately or anything read any good books but who cares about that award shows obviously Mm -hmm. you know kevin hart was supposed to do what was he supposed to do the oscars and then he got booted or was that the grammys i don't know he was supposed to host an award show got booted ricky gervais did the golden globes and it got mixed reviews and i think now is it the oscars isn't going to have uh, a host anymore? Second, yeah, second year in a row. Because last year that was yeah, that was Kevin. That was Hart, Kevin Hart. Okay, and they were like, okay, Kevin Hart's not doing it. But you know who else is not doing it? Everyone. <laughs> What's your opinion on these award shows? Um, I think it's it's like the electoral college. Just kidding, not getting political. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, it is. It's a few people deciding, and everyone else is like, um. I hated that movie, and uh, that one was the best movie, and it wasn't nominated. How is, like, what's up with that? And, like, that's totally valid. This shit's all opinionated. Um, It's like sports awards where it's, like, there are people that admit to having not watched games and yet voted on, like, Christian McCaffrey said there were people that when he won, when he didn't win the Heisman, people were like, oh, yeah, I didn't vote for him because I didn't watch his games because he was on the West Coast playing, and who has time for that? I'm like, well, you probably shouldn't be voting then. So I'm sure there are, like, Oscars voters that are like, I don't really like movies. I just like Drew Barrymore, so I'm going to vote for her movies. I have no idea if Drew Barrymore has ever been in an Oscar-nominated movie or not, and frankly, I don't care. It's not part of my argument. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And then there's always that one movie that, you know, I, I assume it's probably going to be The Irishman that's just going to kind of win everything, and then it's like, all right, well, that took away from this, and it took away from that, and then you get all the, you know, well, like, this movie wasn't nominated and the Academy's this and that. I just I just don't get it. I don't I don't like award shows. I've never said to myself or out loud really cuz I really don't talk to myself as much as you may think. Wow. I can't wait to go home and watch this award show. I don't care, I especially with social media now. Uh when like whoever wins the MVP, I'm just going to for sports, I'm going to get an alert for it. Whoever There's wins w- best picture, I'm not going to say I really need to see that. Chances are I probably already saw it, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah, so there are two interesting things about award shows that that pique my attention. And that said, I've probably watched the combined four of them over the last 10 years or so. Um, one, 
is that there's someone on the internet who has like an algorithm that predicts the Oscars and he's like 98% right the past decade or so or I don't know if that those numbers are correct but like dude's like his algorithm is amazing and he's getting it right constantly um and the other thing that was interesting was that when Jimmy Kimmel hosted the Oscars and that happened to be the one I was watching like that whole chaos with Moonlight and La La Land was amazing yeah. like that was incredible television yeah so I was actually gonna was ask great. that too because I was I was gonna say besides that is there anything like memorable about them besides a bunch of rich people just telling us how to live our lives? Uh, in, yes. The in, other in interesting ways. thing, <laughs> the other interesting thing that happens during, especially the Oscars, is when they show like the in memoriam. And the past few years, they've had people that aren't actually dead, and they're like, <laughs> "So and so died after being murdered by a kitten," and the Twitter's like, "Uh, I saw that guy last week. He's fine." <laughs> Okay, yeah, maybe I have something to look out for. But hey, maybe this is, again, but we're talking about an award show for scripted entertainment. So maybe between purposely putting alive people and getting things wrong and maybe the whole controversy of who's actually winning, maybe it's to get us to watch it. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch it because, again, I don't really care. I'm going to see the movies I think are good anyway. And if it wins, great. If it doesn't, I couldn't care less. Yeah, and I mean, Tom, here's the thing. like, These award shows, if you care about who wins an award, that means you care about someone else's opinion. And I think we can all agree that nobody who is currently speaking on cathartic yelling cares about anyone else's opinion. Um, But personally, for me, the Oscars lost all credibility when Airplane did not win Best Picture back in, I believe it was 1981. I think it was 1978. Let's look this up. I, I think you're wrong because I'm much smarter. Okay, well, I... I did a super long report on airplane. Okay, okay, we're both wrong. You were closer, though. It's 1980. Okay, but was it in the 1981 Oscars? Oh, all right. You might have me there. Then what... Did Naked Gun come out in 1978? No. No, Wasn't Naked Gun after? Because Leslie... Yes, it was... was, Yes, yes, it was after. Why? What is 1978? What movie came out? The Year of Our Lord. (laughs) The Year of Our Lord. It wasn't even Godfather 2. That was 74. I don't know. Someone tell me a movie that came out in 1978. No one? Was it uh, Zero Hour, the movie upon which Airplane is based? Let's see. Zero Hour. Nope, that was 1957. Oh, wait. Wow, that's a long... Wait, but then there's a 1977 one. Ooh. That's... No, There's... that there no. was a previous version of Zero. No, the Zero Hour you're thinking of, I think, uh, is the 1957 one. As soon as we stop this episode, Tom, we are going to immediately start recording where I will do a lecture about why Airplane is the greatest movie of all time. Because let me tell you, Airplane is the greatest movie of all time. Okay, next cathartic should yelling. Should have won an Oscar. Next cathartic yelling. It'll be out. When? I can't tell you. But eh, tune in. Come back. It'll be a good time. <laughs>